Hunter. Welcome to the I Am Hunter podcast. You've got Rod and Jess here, and we are going to jump on the phone to Danny Van Brew. He is a taxidermist and a hunter um, here in Australia. And last year, he, while he was out hunting with his son, he got gored by a buffalo. Um, wasn't a nice experience from him, I'm sure. He'll tell us more about that. But what was worse was the attack that he got from the antis um, once that kind of got online. And the, it was the usual response that you see when a hunter or a poacher or anyone to do with animals really gets hurt by one. Um, everyone thinks that they deserve it. So we're going to have a chat to him about that, see what his thoughts are. Um, yeah. And here we go. Hello. Danny. Hey, how you going, mate? Yeah, good, mate. Good, mate. It's Rod here. And yeah, I've, good I've, on you, Rod. I've got Jess with me as well, mate, from I Am Hunter, Hunt Jack, um, as you know. Hi, Danny. There you go. Hey, how are you, Jess? Yeah, good, thanks. How are you? Good, thanks. Good. Well, mate, um, how about we kick off? Um, how about uh, you give us a bit of an idea about how you started hunting and, you know, where your kind of, yeah. I guess, your, your background in hunting has come from. Um, yeah. And I guess what you enjoy about hunting because you're still hunting. Yeah, that's exactly right. Well, how I started out was uh, as a young kid, you know, like my um, family, we always lived on acreage and um, we grew up in that country environment, you know, where, where we lived was only a small little town and and um, it, actually my uncle and my father actually got us into hunting. They used to do a lot of pig hunting, my uncle did in, in western New South Wales and in Queensland and all that as a teenager himself. So before that, there was, there was no one really went any hunting, but my uncle sort of got us into it. And, and I was only a young kid, so I would have only been, oh, before even school started sort of thing, I was going out with them, you know, and, and hanging around them. And, and we basically hunted with dogs. So yeah. that's all we ever used. Yep. And um, so we just done pig hunting and we shot, you know, the ruse for the, you know, when you were allowed to and um, and foxes and things like that just to keep things maintained for the farmers out there. My uncle had a uh, mechanic's shop in Brisbane and he used to meet a lot of farmers from out west through that. That's how we got access to properties and things like that. And um, yep. so he basically was the backbone of what started me in my hunting career. And, and um, was and it, Danny, from, was, it, were you, was public land available back then? Do you remember? Not that I'm aware of, no. Um, and basically, you didn't really need public access for land because all back then the farmers were a little bit easier going, you know. Like there wasn't so much of this um, stealing and everything going around and, and people losing things and, you know. Yeah. So it was a lot easier to gain access. And you, like we'd drive out. I remember even being as a teenager, you know, and just having my licence and me and my cousin every Friday afternoon, as soon as work had finished, we'd be in the car and we'd be gone straight out west. And yep. we'd be driving along the main road. You've Very few cars, you know, and I'm not talking that long ago. I'm not that old, but, you know, I'm talking 20 years ago. And um, you'd see a farm on the side of the road fixing his that's the first thing you do is just pull straight up, go out, start having a chat to him. How are you going? You know, around by the time the conversation turned around, you're you're driving into his paddock. You know, yeah. you're just giving the access straight away. I've, I've had many of those conversations myself. They're a lot harder these days, though. Yeah. So, and now to approach a farmer, you know, I still do it now, but I don't. I'm not trying to gain access to the property. I'm just pulling up to have a chat. You know, yeah. just just about every day. You know how they're going and everything like that as well. And if you do gain a bit of access, well, it's all the more better you know yeah but um it was just so much easier 
back then. Um, it's harder to gain access these days, and yeah, maybe if they did um, open up a bit of public land, um, it probably would provide um, hunters that don't have access to to private property and give them that opportunity to be able to do it, save doing doing it the wrong way, you know, yeah. jumping the fence or anything like that as well. So. I think there's a lot of um, issues there that could be raised. There's a lot of pros and cons, obviously, as well, you know. Yeah, but, um, yeah. I absolutely agree, mate. I, I think that, um, I mean, Tassie, we do have some public land to hunt here. Um, and obviously, a lot of lot of Tassie boys get across the gap and, and, um, and hit the Victorian, you know, the highlands and stuff like that, which they have loads of, of public land they can hunt, which is awesome. Um, but uh, I, I tend to think that that although I will never condone poaching in, in any shape, um, but um, it, it almost it's a bit of a it catch kinda, twenty-two. It, it kind of breeds an, an issue where poaching becomes the answer for some people, mm. you know, That's because right, yeah. because they don't have the access, and they've asked a hundred farmers, and they've all they've, they've been turned away, and. You know, even I, I know from a number of the farms we hunt on, one of them's very restricted. You know, um, and another one where the only hunters on there, and and um, you know the the um, the farmer has said to me a number of times that he's really not interested in getting any anyone else on there. Um, that um, as long as we're happy to stay and keep culling stuff, and 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 you know we've got free reign. But um, I know that he gets asked regularly because he's not far from Hobart. Um, and he's got a decent patch of land, but he's just not interested in in the yeah. hassle, you know, mm. because his land gets poached already. Yeah. Um, and he and he seems to feel that you know that adding more hunters is only going to add more to the problem because more people will know about his farm. Yeah, well, it's, it's you. It's the next person telling his mate or taking his mate, and yeah. then his mate taking his mate, and then yeah. telling his mate, "I oh, shot this good good buck there, or stag, or whatever, or got a good pig." Yeah, the boy does get around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's right. Yeah. Yeah, it's a yeah, real catch twenty two. When they don't have a lot of access to land, then they start to look for other ways to do it. And it's sad because they go about it the right way to begin with, um, and they do yeah. try and gain access to it legitimately. And when they can't, they get fed up, and then they, which is not right. I mean, it doesn't help the issue at all because that only increases the feeling among farmers and other hunters that pe- too many people are doing the wrong thing. But yeah, you know. well, it gives them a sour taste in their mouth, you know, and then they think, yeah. well, if I'm not going to be allowed there by asking, well, I'll just do the, I'll go and do the. The way that the only way I know how that I've got to be able to gain access, you know. But but yeah, it's not right. No. Um, people's land, I can see where they come from. If I had a big problem, massive big property too, it's your own land. You, you want it for yourself, you know. Yeah. And you don't want people traipsing around and doing whatever they want to do. And oh, and it's a part of their livelihood well. as well, you know. And if fences yeah. are getting knocked over, or gates are getting left open, or anything, or livestock's getting shot, you know, these are all stories that we've heard about. If that's yeah. happening and that's your livelihood or that's part of your income, I mean, it makes sense not to let people don't let criminals into their workplace knowingly to just come that's and exactly steal their right. property from from your office, you know. So it's understandable that farmers aren't going to do that either. Yeah, no, very true. But um, yeah, so and that was how it was when we were younger. It was it was a lot easier. So we didn't have that big issue of where you know you weren't going into into people's properties where you weren't weren't allowed or you hadn't discussed it with them prior or anything like that. So um, yeah, we it was actually a lot better back then for the hunting, and there wasn't that many hunters around. Um, yeah. You know, in in our when I grew up in school, there would have only been me and another person that I knew of. That when pig hunting or deer hunting or anything like that, it just wasn't heard of. You just they didn't do it. Yeah. Um, but the farms all did, obviously, to keep the 
numbers down and, and we were there to help them along and and um yeah it just all worked out quite easy that way but i even i had a lot of ex- uh, trouble getting access to properties myself you know mm. yeah. and um all you got to do is just keep us and just keep you know it, 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 you get a lot through people that you don't even realize that you get to gain access through as well like cousins and that that are married to different people and, and then you find out later and oh well uh, Jim's had that property for 20 years. I didn't even know Jim had a property, you know, and then, mm. yeah. then you get to know just by talking to different people and, and then once people know what you do and, and you know, you, you often get offered properties, you know, just to keep people out as well, you know, like because there's more – if you've got someone hunting on your property, they're going to be very um, – well, they're going to keep an eye on it, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. Exactly. People yeah. In, you know, so yeah. that's another thing where, where farmers, if, if they did get that right – couple of people like yourselves or whoever else or a couple of groups that you knew it actually helps to keep others out as well you know yeah Yeah. and I think the other thing too and this is something we always say when we get asked for advice on how to get access to land is not going in asking for what you want at the end don't go up to a farmer and say hey can I come and hunt your your property during the deer season down here in Tassie there's a season for it um you know not saying that to them but saying hey would you mind if I come and do some culling for you possums and kangaroos and things like that get them off the property you know can I help out with anything can can I help you know run the fences and make sure everything's all good that kind of stuff doing little things like that to prove that you're trustworthy and then work your way up I mean it took us what four years before we started Mm. before we got permission to hunt the the property the the farm that we hunt at the moment we got it took us four years of going out culling giving the wallaby meat back to him back to the farmer for his dogs um, doing little things around the property. We put in a range down the bottom of the property for him to use as well, you know, and for us to sight in our rifles. But four years it took before we actually got access to the property during the season. So it's yeah. not a, it's not something where you can just turn up and knock on someone's door and say, hey, can I hunt, you know, next week because the season opens and I want to get myself a deer. Yeah, that's exactly you know? right. A lot of people think it works that way. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like, oh, I want to hunt your property, can I? No, yeah. no, you can't. Yeah, <laughs> that's when they get their you know, to get their back up and they start yeah. getting problems. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But um yeah, no, it's um it's a funny game where you've just got to do the right thing. And mm. there's a lot of things you can offer people, you know, there's a lot of builders out there, there's a lot of bricklayers, there's well whatever whatever trade you have or whatever you're doing it yourself for work, you can always offer that in return. You know, yeah. like, because a lot of work goes a long way, like helping out, you know, even throwing bales of hay or, you know, um anything. Oh, know, absolutely. Fencing, Absolutely. you know, like what comes around goes around, you know, you got to spend yeah. your time, you can't just expect things to just flow straight away. Yeah, yeah. it's it actually, a, I have a really good example of exactly how that goes and um, which is very recent. I went samba hunting with a good mate of mine uh, probably about um, about 10 weeks ago now and um, uh, we, we, we were just going for some meat obviously because it's very early in the season so um, uh, we we arrived there during the f- fires in Victoria and we went to two different spots and got roused out by the SES in both both the spots um, and um, angrily by them at the second spot because they reckon yeah. they'd, already, they'd already warned everyone and we were still in there and yeah. uh, but um, you know having said that um, you know my mate Nath he, he had some relations that were were close to one of the decent valleys there and he said oh they've got they've got a couple of big blocks a um, couple of thousand acres each and they've definitely got samba on them we'll go and have a chat to them and see whether we can hunt them and um, 
you know, um, for the next couple of days. And so we went fox hunting and, and ended up shooting a salmon near one of the farms as well, which backs onto State Forest. Um, and, uh, and you know, two of the days we ended up building a shed, you know, yeah. while we were yeah. there, you know. And it's just like, well, you know, we're, we're allowed to stay here. We're, we're allowed to be here and, and, and hunt here as well. So, you know, it, it only goes to... You know, um, you know, it's just fair play to go in and give them a hand as well. You know, so um, we spent two solid days building a shed, and the, and of course the farmer he was over the moon, mate, to have two two yeah. blokes who could you know lift and and give him a hand. We we're not the best shed builders, I can tell you right now, but <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's how it goes. Yeah, it's the helping hand, eh? It's mm. where it goes a long way. You yeah, know, you give a little, you get a lot. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So, Danny, tell us, how did um, your hobby in hunting and that kind of we started out going out and doing some pig hunting and fox culling and things like that, how did that turn into more of a, a business for you with the taxidermy and guiding side of things? Um, I just, I've always loved loved the outdoors, you know. I love the bush. I love um, animals in, in particular, you know. Like, I've all, even as a little kid, I'd always, if there was an animal program on, TV, I'd be in front of it, you know, mm. watching, watching it. You know, even to now, I won't don't even watch normal TV. I watch a bit of YouTube, you know, and I always watch animal programs or something like that. It's just, I've always been that way. We've always had pets. We've always, you know, had cows, horses. Do it, you know, I used to horse ride when I was younger, and um, everything about it just, I don't know, it was just something I must have been meant to do because I've always liked it. I've um, had my own businesses. I have, I've, I'm a mechanic and a welder and everything like that. I've had mechanical shops and exhaust shop, and I just, I always steered back to, I always loved me hunt. Every afternoon I'd be out in the bush, whether I wasn't hunting, I, I was just looking, preserved, you know, just even watching animals, you know. It's not all about just going out and um, and getting an animal, you know, yeah. to me, it's about being out there and seeing everything and, and knowing that they're there, you know. Like, if you, it's like yourself as a hunter. If you go somewhere and you spend all that time in the bush and then finally you locate where the animals are and, and you are on and you can see them and everything, it's not about pulling the trigger or, or filling the freezer or, or getting a trophy animal. It's about sitting there and watching and knowing that they're there, basically, and that you can go back any time and, and look over them again and... And, and wait till one's old enough, or or your you, your freezer's getting low, and you need need um, something to fill the freezer. But so yeah, basically, I just sort of I've always loved it. You know, I've always just it's been a passion of mine, and a lot of people are the same, but they don't get the opportunity. And being a taxidermist, I taught myself. I watched a guy do a, do an animal, um, probably uh, twenty years ago. And um, he was a fellow that was just a bit, bit of a backyard taxidermist too, and, and just um, and I watched him do it, and then I went off and I thought, well, I'm going to do it myself because I guess I've always seen how people like, where we where we were. There was a lot of animals that were killed for no reason, you know, and things like that, where yeah. they were just dumped on the side of the road and they weren't used for meat or anything like. That. And I thought, well, if I can make a little bit of a change here some way, well, it's going to be better than than not making a change at all. So. That's why I got into it. I just started doing my own stuff and practicing like that, and um, and then a few mates started bringing their stuff to me, and I, I was doing their stuff, and then it just basically went from there. Yeah. And that's and then the guiding part of it, well, it just it just fell into place. I had a lot of people always ringing me, um, about taking them out, 
pig hunting and taking him out for a deer or taking him out for a goat or something like that. And I just wasn't interested because I didn't want, I didn't really feel as though I liked doing it on my own. Basically, yeah. And, yeah. And, my own, and, and with my own group of mates, um, now obviously with my son, um, he's growing up doing it with me and I just basically, that was how it was. And then I thought one day, well, well it's part of my business and I could see a lot of these guys weren't getting the opportunity to be able to go hunting and do what they wanted to do, do what they wanted, thought they would have loved. So, and then I, I just get a kick out of it now. I get a kick out of people just taking and meeting new people, having talks around the campfire. You know, it's not all about the hunting. Yeah. Um, even for the guys that come with me, it's not about the hunting. Half of them haven't even been camping before. You yeah, know? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and it's they those just, time and poor they, guys that, that, that you know they they want to have a go, but they're not sure where to start. Yeah, know? yeah, and they don't know how to start. Yeah. So they and they don't mind, and it's not not about the money either. There's no money in it, really. You yeah. know, like it's it's the joy of it. Um, and you're giving the farm a little bit of more income. Yeah, it's, it's providing you know half of the time these the, the the income that comes from these hunts and all that it sends their children off to boarding school. You yeah. know what I mean? Instead of coming out of their pocket, you know. So it's actually it works its way around in a, in a funny circle how it works. A lot of people think, oh, it's just all about killing something. And it's not. Yeah, you know, it's about it's about the whole. The whole lot. It's um, being in the bush, showing someone your skills. You know, showing, teaching someone new. Oh, I never knew you could do it like that. You know, and even people that I take out, I think, oh shit, I didn't know you could do that. You know, what I mean, or or they'll bring something with them new, and you think, oh, geez, that makes life a lot easier. You know, and yeah, yeah. it's just yeah. To me, it's about it's just a lifestyle, and, and I've, I've always grown up doing it, and I, it's just somewhere I love being. Yeah, you know? yeah. And I think yeah. It's, I think it's the same for everybody, everybody else. And see the the uh, expression on someone's face when they do get the chance to harvest something for themselves, and to be able to pack it up, take it home, and feed their family with it, or you utilize it and um, and to be able to put it on their wall and look at it forever. Yeah, you know? yeah exactly. And to, and to remember that—that's a memory in their life that's sat in their mind forever. I yeah. agree. I absolutely. I mean, obviously, we've got a lot of heads around the house, um, yeah. and. Uh, and you know there are people that have walked into our house that have gone, oh, you know, what the hell is this? You know, and and yeah. uh, you know, like if I walked into a museum or is this some kind of you know, like murderous house of horrors? Yeah, you people. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And and you know, there's antlers all over the place. There's a big, um, uh, a huge big. Uh, um, scrub bull skin on our on our lounge room floor and things like this and and uh, you know you always get that kind of uh, that kind of I guess first off look that you know what the hell is this you know especially yeah. if they've got nothing to do with hunting the yeah. I, I guess the surprising thing is that once you start talking to people for the most part they they all go you know well it's good to see that you actually utilize something and exactly what you said then is exactly what I usually say to, to everyone that's there, that I remember each one of these animals. You know, I remember exactly what happened. And to me, this is a, it's, it's, it's a sign of, of respect that I've not just gone and harvested, harvested that animal to eat. And in most cases, we've eaten almost everything that we've got on our walls. Um, and, uh, and even if we've had to get, them, to get them out from the hardest places, we still take the back straps or the legs or yeah. whatever, you know. And, yeah. uh, and, but 
you know, if they're a good animal, we'll put them on the wall. And I'll pay that money to get that done so that, one, I have that memory forever, but also in respect to a really good animal, you know. Yeah, and exactly it, right. it doesn't have to be the biggest head or the biggest anything or, or any, none of that matters. What matters is that at that time that was that that was a, a key, you know, experience, experience yeah. you know, that we, we had. And like you said, you know, you hunt with your friends and with your son and things like that and we're the same. We, we all tend to hunt together. We don't do a lot of hunting um, completely alone. There's always, you know, two or three of us together and so it's yeah. always a shared experience and yeah. being able to actually look back and that's that's one thing that I think I've, I've enjoyed the most about having people over is... The absolute majority of the people that we've had over, once you start telling them the stories and some of the experiences behind the animals on the wall, they're like, tell me more. Yeah. I want to see the rest yeah. of them. Where are the rest, you know? And so then they end up doing the tour of the house and they want to know all about it. And so that's been really, really nice to see is that even people who have nothing to do with hunting, once you share that experience with them, they're, they're like intrigued then and they're bought into it and they can, they can kind of understand it for themselves, I suppose. That's nice to see. And the next next thing that they do is they don't realise it's actually a dead animal then on the wall. They actually yeah. then start studying the animal and going, oh, my God, I can't believe that it actually looks like a, a real animal. And, yeah. You know, what I mean? it's yeah. Like, you know, like, and it, oh, look, it's even got a wet nose or it's even got, like, <laughs> yeah. and they start really getting involved in, oh, actually, I wouldn't mind one, getting one of these for my husband for his bar room or, yeah. you know, or, or I'd love one for my bar room, you know what I mean? <laughs> and, we've had, and we've had yeah. people say exactly that, mate, yeah. yeah. How yeah. do I get one? Well, and, you've actually yeah. got to go out and hunt the thing yourself, mate. It's yeah. a good, it's a really good point to to sit on for a second because that's what you were saying before about getting out in the wild and just seeing the animals, just seeing them as part of yeah. that experience for us. And I think as hunters, we're so lucky to have that experience because so many of these people who who wouldn't necessarily agree with it without having that conversation wouldn't necessarily agree with hunting. They don't know that's the seeing an animal on the wall. And good taxidermy <clears throat> makes the animal look like it's alive, you know. Yeah. And seeing it there so close, that's the closest they've ever gotten to an animal like that, you know, to an animal that was once wild. So it's the first time they've seen what their hair looks like, what their coat looks like, what their eyes look like, you know, what their antlers look like. Yeah. I mean, yeah. most, most people even here in Tassie that don't hunt couldn't tell you what a fallow deer looks like. Yeah. And to me, yeah. that just blows my I'll say, mind. That spotted deer looking thing. Yeah, it's like out of all of the deer species, I mean, fallow are the only ones that have that kind of palmated antler, yeah. like a moose almost. So you would think that that would be something distinctive that people might at least have some kind of recognition of. But so many people have had no idea whatsoever. And that just, you know, it's crazy to me. So being able to share that with them, I think, is really, it's really nice. It's a nice part of hunting. It and does, it's a nice part it? of actually putting it on your wall at the end of it. Yeah, and then it does change a little bit of their thought pattern of the way that things actually do happen. You know, a lot of people um, like Ant, or getting onto the Ant Hunter thing, I don't know whether it's, but they do see it as the way it isn't. You know, yeah. they, they, they blow it into a proportion where you're actually like you're a murderer or you're, you're just killing for the sake of killing and um, where it's not the fact at all the, yeah. the, the hunters hunters actually have more respect for an animal than any than than any other people i think you know yeah. what i mean like we take we take it in we don't just look at it you, you see a lot of people drive by you know if there's a deer on the side of the road or something a lot of people drive past it but a hunter will pull up and he'll be looking at it you know yeah. what i mean and he'll, oh, look at it, you know in the beautiful you know like showing his kids or or her kids or yeah. whoever you know like it's they 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 
they're drawn a little bit more into it than what others are, I feel. That's yeah. my opinion on it anyway, you know? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. What's been, as a taxidermist, what's been your favourite animal to work on? I um I love everything, really, to tell you the truth. And it's probably, the, you'll probably you know, it's probably what everyone would say, but <laughs> I love doing, I do really like doing everything. Yeah. Um, new animals, I like a challenge, you know, because a lot of the animals that, you, that come in and are animals that aren't always within Australia that you don't see every day either. So you're basically doing a lot of study and a lot of looking at pictures and you've got to get everything right, you know what I mean, that you've never seen before. You actually haven't even seen one harvested before, you know. So yeah. it's um, – but I really do – I've got a passion for pigs. Um, I've always – like I said, I grew up as a young kid. I always had my own dogs and that and, and it was – is so pigs are probably one of my favorite to do they're probably one of the harder animals to do too yeah um to get right because a lot of people know what a pig looks like you yeah. know yeah. And they, i've seen a lot of know. pigs gone wrong <laughs> yeah yeah and um where the other animals where anything that comes in from overseas now people have never seen you know yeah. they don't know exactly what it, how it stands or how it looks or how its ears sit or or how i open its eyes are or you know the way its nose is when it's doing certain things and that's so um, the, the, the animals that people see every day are probably my think of what I like doing more so, you know. Yeah. Red deer, I've got a passion for red deer because of, I grew up hunting red deer, you know, so I love red deer as well, you know. Every deer species is beautiful, but I think it's what, like you guys have grown up in Tasmania where your main animal down there is a fellow deer. So I think in your heart you would have more closer to a fellow deer than, you know, someone said, oh, what do you want to go hunt? You'd go and hunt fellow deer more than what you would a pig. Or a, Certainly you know, when we, we see a good one, we know it. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. Dad, yeah. Dad's a bit obsessed with the fellow. I think yeah. he, if, he, if he had to choose one animal to hunt for the rest of his life, it would probably be fellow, I reckon. That's right. Yeah. He can't seem to help himself. He, he, goes to, he goes to New Zealand every year. And yeah. every year he says, I'm going to try and get myself a really big red deer this time. And pretty much every year he's come away with a fellow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I've seen a better one. I've seen a good yeah, one. Yeah, that's exactly right. Or a different colour or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Oh, they just, yeah. uh, like, there's no two the same. I mean, you can almost say that about any deer. But, but a 32-inch samba, you know, everyone would love to have. But um, a 32-inch Samba looks like the other 32-inch Samba that somebody yeah. else shot, you know. And, and yeah. you know, and <clears throat> within reason, a traditional red with good crowns and whatever else, it, it'll look fairly similar that, to another traditional red with good yeah. crowns. But your fellow, you know, with the claws and that, you know, uh, just the crowning effect and everything else, they just change, you know. And, um, yeah. and you know, they're, they're an amazing animal. And you've got to go a long way to find a good one, don't you? That's <laughs> right, mate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, a lot yeah. of walking, a lot of mountains. Yeah. Yep. I was yep. in Tasmania and it was it was good hunting. I, I enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, it was um it was an experience. That no, was great. Yeah. Yeah. Being a taxidermist, do you have a, what's your one piece of advice you'd say that you'd give to hunters when they're caping out a deer? What's the kind of I suppose maybe the worst thing that you've seen repeated? <laughs> well, the the most the most mistakes I see made are salting. Yeah. Yep. And a lot of people lose capes through salting. Cutting the cape too short is another one. Yep. Um, what do you mean by salting, Danny? What are they doing wrong? Well, then 
off letting the animal probably. So, and they're, they're actually sold the animal down before their lips and everything are rolled or the ears are rolled. Yeah. Um, there's no need to, to salt a, a cape down if you can freeze it. You know, the best best way if you don't know how to deal with it, don't touch it. You know what I mean? Skin it out, get as much flesh off as, as you can, and then roll it up and freeze it. You know, within, if it's a cool cool day or, or if it's a cool night it'll last all overnight you know what i mean or if it's a cool day it'll last that day out as long as it's not in the direct sun um yeah. and a lot of people especially with pigs and that too because pigs have a lot of that big fighting pad on them yeah so they don't score that fighting pad which allows the salt to then penetrate down to where the hair holds yeah so um a lot of pigs get hair slip through not being salted properly or not being that pad not being scored yeah. it's like like when you're doing a pork roast and you score the crackling into little squares um yeah. basically the same principle applies when you're doing that um fighting pad score it like you would score a skin of a roast and then push all that salt all the way into that or try and thin that pad out i try i tell people take your time and um thin it all off get try and get as much of it as you can then score it and then sold it down so yeah salting is a big thing and not getting if you have a whole cape and you've salted a whole cape down and you've missed say in the middle of his neck a five cent piece size without a little bit of salt going on that five cent piece size it will lose hair yeah salt does not touch you're going to lose hair yeah so people aren't when they roll their ears out they're not getting their ears out far enough either and they're losing the hair off the tips of the ears um around the eyes you know yeah. then i put getting the salt in there so yeah i think salting is a, is a huge part of it all well it's a starting process of it isn't it you know, yeah it's one thing that's um that they do really well in africa that we saw um it was really cool just being over there and seeing what happens to the capes after after the hunt they have big salting sheds and so it's a yeah. room and the floor is just yeah. covered in a foot of salt, salt. Yeah, and so yeah. and they're cut they're absolutely just they're, they're, they bury the cape in salt yep. so um yep. they do that really well over there so your advice yeah. would be if you don't know how to do it properly just try and freeze yep. it if possible yeah a lot of everyone these days has got a well not everybody but a majority of people have a car fridge freezer yeah you know with them you know spend the money and buy a bigger one you know get one that's that's a big a bigger freezer if you're going out west where it's hot or if you're going to an area where you're camping and there's no facilities for fridges or freezers take a good car fridge out that freezes and if you get a good animal fallow deer you can fit you know three or four fallow capes into a into a, a small fridge you know what i mean yep. like they roll up quite quite small red deer you'll fit a couple in you know pig good size pig you'll fit one good one in with the head you know yeah um and learn how to do and what i say to a lot of clients that come here that i got to teach how to do the ears and everything is when you you know when you're going out and you're getting a meat animal or if you're just going out hunting in general and and you're shooting something you know take the ears off or take or just practice on that animal how to do it you know yeah. spend spend a couple hours in the afternoon or when you get home after you finish doing anything put it in a bag freeze it and when you got a spare weekend that you oh i'm gonna have a couple of beers that i finish mowing the lawn pull the cape out go mow the lawn grab a couple of beers, sit down, and then once it's defrosted, just 
practice. You know, yeah, yeah. it's like any job. If you don't practice, you don't know how to do it. You know, and mistakes. You don't learn by you learn by your mistakes. You can't learn unless you make a mistake. So yeah, yeah, yeah that's what just that's how I go. that's how I taught myself how to do it. Is just watching YouTube videos and practicing on meat animals and spikers and stuff down here in Tassie. So we do a pretty yeah. big meat hunt every year, and so. We just did, did exactly that. Um, and yeah. always always being willing to get my hands into it too. I think a lot of people are scared to try, um, especially because exactly. we deal with a lot of people who go on a guided hunt. Um, they're scared to try it for themselves. And, and I get it because, you know, you've gone all that way and, and you've got this big animal on the ground and you don't want to ruin it. But that's the best time to do it because a guide is doing this all the time. And so you can actually ask them questions and you can have them take you through the process. So rather than standing back and going, oh, well, I'm just going to let them do do it at the very least get involved a bit help out ask them how they're doing things or why they're doing that and mm. learn and start to learn yeah well sit down you know i get a lot of you know you gotta once when it's being done because i do them all when i'm for the clients and that as well anyway but get them to sit down with you you yeah. know because I mean? half, half the people don't want to um they think they're getting in your way or yeah. you know something like that you know just, i normally say grab a seat sit down here and i'll show you how to do it yeah i won't let you do it because you'll you know but i'll do it then, <laughs> yeah you know then when you get home you can practice on things that you you don't want to get the taxidermy you know basically yeah. and yeah. i can tell you what on, get... on, on those bigger animals it's bloody good to have open hand anyway <laughs> oh yeah yeah especially just to move things around and yeah. that you know yeah yeah you know, but um, people are scared to, like you said, they're scared to have a go. You yeah. know, just just give it a go. And if you put a couple of cuts in it, well, just more work for us. You know, yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. what it is. Yeah. yeah. You mentioned um, length of cape as well, which is one of the things that's been a a bugbear for me for a long time. Like I, I'm really like I generally skin the animal out from basically just behind the ass. Or just in front of the ass, you know, all the way. Yeah. And um, yeah. so I, I, I know that most people like to take them just behind the shoulders or around the middle of the gut area. Um, yeah. But I've always, because I've had a couple of short capes a few times, and um, <clears throat> I have a bit of a thing for um, drop shoulder mounts, um, yeah. and uh, and and that kind of look. Um, and you can't do it unless you've got a decent, you know, amount of cape to go with it. Mm. That's right. And the other thing is on drop shoulder mounts, I really don't like, you know how um, on the curve, the, the, the inside curve of the drop shoulder mount, it used to be, and I think it's now becoming less and less, but it used to be quite common to put felt there, like yeah. a black felt or something like that. Well, I've never liked it. And so all of mine have the skin basically pulled right oh, around. Yeah. Yeah. And uh and in order to do that again you need you need a decent amount of cape. But it just makes sense. I mean it's not hard to do an extra <laughs> foot of skin, you know, and make sure that that's not there on the cape when you're already there doing it. And it just makes sure that if you especially if you're not sure what kind of mount you want right there and then, um, you know, you're not sure if you're gonna have a drop shoulder mount or a or a standard mount or whatever, then it always just makes sense to take that little bit extra, take it back to the back hips and, and then you covered no matter what. Yeah. You know, you it's, only get one exactly. chance. So <laughs> I was hunting with a um a mate of mine years ago on this subject and um we're caping out a deer and um I always cape them back to the to just in front of the pizzle. Yep. Yeah. And he said to me, no, 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 don't cap, cap there, cap just here. And I said, well, why? He said, oh, it's just because it's more weight to carry out. Yeah. And I said, 
well, it's going to be an extra kilo or two <laughs> kilos to carry out. You know? I'd rather have extra yeah. and I know that I've got more than I need than not have enough. Yeah, yeah. exactly. You know, and, yeah. and that's what his mindset was. It's a little bit more I've got to carry out if I take that little bit extra. Yeah. And I yeah. said to him, well, I don't mind carrying out a little bit extra because I know that I've got enough. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And I tell everybody else, take it further than what you think. You know, yeah. take more than you need. Not yeah. less than you need. Yeah, even for patching or anything like that, it's good for, you know, if if you need that for the skin, like especially for a taxidermist, if they've got plenty of skin there, then there's potentially something they can sew in, you know. And, yeah. um, you know, if you've got holes or something like that, that um, or, or a little bit even hair slip, you know, um, yeah. you know, there's the chance that you can, you know, sew something in. Patch it up, yeah, yeah that's, that's right. right. So and it's, you always got that little bit extra there. You know, you can give back to the client anyway. It's tanned anyway, so you can just give it back to them. They might want to do something with it, you know. Mm. I always do ask, give them the option to say, well, there's extra here. Do you want it? Yeah, yeah. Have, a, have, have a couple of beer coasters or something like yeah. that, you know. Yeah. You can cut them out quite. I mean, I've seen them down here. There's a bloody shop down here, mate, that's selling beer beer coasters, and it's they're like 40 bucks for five or six of them, I think it is. Yeah, you know. Yeah. It's like you've got to be kidding. Me. They wouldn't even make yeah. up like a foot square of skin, you know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> put together. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and yeah. you know, all, all, all these toffees are buying them, you know, and putting them in their home as if, you know, there's something special. But they'll, they'll probably eat vegetarian as well, you know, and yeah. say they've never harmed an animal. But, um, yeah. Oh, no, it's not real hair. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah, but it's, uh, anyway, it's pretty funny. But, um,. Yeah. Mate, give us a give us a bit of a plug about your business so everybody knows where you are and what 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 you do. Um, okay, well, well, we're up in um, up in well near Caboolture in Queensland. Yep. On the Sunshine Coast, in between Brisbane and, and the Sunshine Coast, I am. Um, so yeah, well, I've got the AA site for um, the import of any untanned trophy hides and all okay. trophy animals coming into Australia. Um, I'm the only one in Australia with that um, license. And yep. um, I also do guided hunts for scrub bulls, buffalo, um, goats, pigs, deer. Um, I'm starting to now link up hunts doing where they can do a buffalo hunt or a goat hunt and then they can also do a deep sea fishing charter as well yeah i've got a few charter mobs that i deal with up here in um that off fraser island mm-hmm. so you're in beautiful uh, you know it's a beautiful spot to be um so you can do either a day charter you can do a two-day charter or a three-day charter yeah um so for anyone that comes from overseas i've got guys come coming in from europe and all that sort of thing for buffalo hunts and then they fly back down here then we take them out on charters on a fishing charter and then they head home so they had, they get the whole package in one hunt one trip um a lot of the uh billies and that goats and that that i do are a fair drive they're 11 hour drive um yeah your, your buffalo you're flying to darwin um anything else or any other outfit or anything also africa namibia i do a few hunts over there um i'm trying to do, set up more more over that way it's a beautiful spot to be absolutely beautiful place in namibia yeah um yeah so just yeah we basically if if i can if anyone needs anything or if it's not in that i can always source it out you know like band tang hunts i've got contact with band tang hunts i've got contacts for all different hunts so yeah. if it's not me doing it i can 
put you put them onto a to an outfitter or a friend of mine that actually does it. You know. And, and how do um, people find you, Danny? If they do want to find uh, out more about this. Most of the inquiries, or most people find me on Facebook. Yep. Or Instagram. Uh, that's that's the only advertising I sort of do, or word of mouth. Um, I've, I contact a few other people and um, hunting consultants and all that too that you can get onto us through. But mate, basically Facebook. You know, if you can get onto Facebook and and look up my name and give it a give it a bit of like or whatever like that, then you'll start seeing what's what's going on and the quality animals that that we can get and. Yeah, so basically we go out of our way to help out and make sure that everybody has a good time, you know. Well, so just Danny Van Brew on Facebook? Yeah, Danny Van Brew <laughs> or Danny Van Brew Taxi, Danny. Yeah. Um, we'll include links for the listeners anyway um, with the details of this podcast. Yeah, yeah, and they can, at the moment, since that Buffalo accident, I've sort of slowed back a bit. Yeah. Yep. Um, I've, had to, I've had to heal, so I'm, I'm sort of slowed back on a lot of things at the moment, but I can still provide them with, with other with other people so at the, at the moment i'm just going to give it 12 months to let me self get back together and then um and then i'll start up full, full swing again you know it's yep. a really really good segue because we'll get onto that now but first of all um, tell me has it affected your taxidermy any like have you had to slow down with your taxidermy or anything or that that's pretty much not been impacted from the the buffalo attack uh it, it not really but it's Obviously, the first couple of weeks, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's still a little bit weak to what it was, so it hasn't really affected it at all. Um, It's affected probably more in general around the house, you know what I mean? Like doing things that I normally do and what I really like doing, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah, so yeah, no. In 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 all, I'm still I'm fine. You know yeah, what I mean? Like yeah. I'm nearly a hundred percent, but it's just I'm a little bit weak in the arm, and, and I do get a lot of pain through yeah. through my arm. So I, I know my limits now. You know, I think it's a, I think it's a big learning curve for me to to slow down because I was always flat out. I never stopped. You know, yeah, what I mean? from yeah. the time I opened the eyes to the time I closed my eyes, I was just flat. Yeah. You know, I never, I didn't, I didn't, I just went hard at everything. Yeah. yeah. So. Um, yeah, I've sort of, it's, I sort of step back a little bit now and I think, oh, yeah, there's probably an easy way of doing this. You know what I mean? <laughs> and just grabbing it and throwing it up or, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, in, in a sense, it's, it's sort of it's slowed me up a little bit, but um, not with workways or anything like that. I just take my time and um, do the best I can, I suppose, you know. All right. So let's let's um, let's talk about the hunt. So, obviously, last year you, um, you, you went off to the Northern Territory with your young fella, I believe. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, and um, probably for kind of an annual buffalo hunt thing. Um, yeah, or thereabouts. I was, I was just, yeah, I was just checking out other country, you know, that I was um, that was available, and um, and we thought we'd make a hunt of it while we're out there, you know. And um, it was it's just it's hard to say that you've done the right or the wrong thing, you know what I mean? Like at the time, you do what you think is yeah. best. Yeah. yeah. So I can't say I did the wrong thing, and I can't say I done the right thing, but. Um, I'd done what I thought was right at that time. So people say, oh, what would you ever, you know, like I got a lot, a lot of flack back from it, you know, a lot yeah. of hate, hatred and everything like that, which is in a sense, everybody has their own opinion, you know, yeah, and I don't, I don't down anybody for having their own opinion on, on other people, you know, on things, you know, but they need to step back and think about what they actually say and how they say it, you know what I mean? There's different ways of saying it. I've got a lot, a lot of hate for mail, you know, wishing mm. that I'd, 
I died and everything like that, which mm. I'd never wish on anybody. You know what I mean? Mm. Even my worst enemy, I wouldn't wish that on. You know, yeah. like I'd rather just not talk to anyone or even associate with that person if I thought that they did something that I didn't like. Yeah. You know? So, Danny, take us back for a second for for any of our listeners who don't know the story around what happened. Um, what what actually happened while you're out hunting, and, and how how did you end up getting hurt? I uh, sort of um. What do, I, what do I say? It's like a tradesman blaming his tools. And, <laughs> you know, you probably shouldn't do it, but sometimes you need to. Yeah. Um, we just, we'll try and, I had new rifles that I just bought and I wanted to try these new rifles anyway. That 300 wind mag, which isn't a small, it, which people say, oh, it's a little bit too undergun for a buffalo. It's not. No, uh, it's you not. Know. I've, shot, I've shot them yeah, myself with a 300 wind mag. Yeah. yeah, you know, and, they, and they're not undergunned. Um, the, the way I put it down to is the ammunition that I was using. It's probably not the right ammunition for uh, that size animal or that thickness of skin on the animal. Um, they're running a bit fast, and I didn't really – I didn't put much effort into finding out about, the, about them too much. I sort of went on what I was told. Yeah. yeah. And um, where I think now I look back and I think, well, you're pretty stupid because you knew – in your own self that they were running too fast. So I think what was happening, the, the projectiles were actually running too quick and they weren't getting that penetration. So they're busting open on the skin. They're only getting, they weren't penetrating enough. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where a slower bullet would have penetrated a lot further. Yeah. So I think before the hunt and everything, if anyone's going to do anything like this, they need to research a little bit more and be 100% confident in what you're going to be using, you know, and talk to other people about whether they'd used them or not because I hadn't known anyone else that had ever used these particular bullets. I won't mention any names or anything because the actual bullets and they're a factory load, they're actually very good on, yeah, yeah. on deer and everything else. Like they're brilliant, you know, but they're just not the right projectile for that particular um, hunt. But, yeah, so um, I thought everything was fine. Um, yeah. And like any animal, you know, like most of the time, an animal will run 30 to 100 metres and then pile up and, and you walk in and they're, they're, they're expired and, and everything's done where I thought that's what the outcome was going to be and it was totally, it wasn't. It was totally different. So yeah. um, basically, yeah, the animal was um, shot and uh, ran off into the, into the, um, into a gorge, into a thick gorge and I followed it in and, 100 metres then become 200 metres, which then become four or 500 metres, which but you're already in, in mode, so you don't even think about, oh, hang on, I've gone too far. Yeah. Maybe, you know? So when I got to where I last could see tracks, it went into rocky country and they were going down the gorge, um, being in Buffalo, and they're very smart, like cattle are too, very yeah. smart. He's gone down and he's decided he knew what he was doing. He's come back around to the right and then he's just rushed me from from the right i didn't even did not even think that he'd be coming from that way because he's had to do a huge big loop to come back around from yeah. the way he come and um and basically it's that thick of saplings and everything like that i just couldn't get he couldn't get a shot you know until he was right up on me so yeah. i just waited and waited and waited i had my son with me which was another thing that i was um you know, you got your kids trying to protect his son as well, you know. So yeah, I, um, I didn't want it going his way, so I sort of made sure it come my way and, and then 
yeah, what happened, what happened is what happened, you know, and that's, yeah, I couldn't do, I couldn't change it at that stage. I actually pictured into my mind that it wasn't going to go that way, obviously, you know, yeah. that it was all just going to unfold and it was going to end up right there at the end of my feet and that was it, but it didn't yeah. happen that way. So, um, maybe if I had to use different projectiles or a different gun, you know, you always put these scenarios in your head, but it, what happens is what happens. You can't change it. Yeah. So, so yeah. you end up giving it to me and, um, yeah, I come out, um, a little bit worse wear out of it, and yeah, I learned yeah. a lesson. Yeah. So he hooked. He, what did he do? Hook your arm, or? Yeah, well, he was coming at me, and I knew exactly what he was doing. He's coming straight to go straight over me. Yeah, and, yeah, run and, you down. And when and when you're in a, even when you're driving the car and there's a situation, you know that many scenarios go through your head. Yeah. It's funny how quick that your mind can actually. The second slow. Yeah, yeah. goes in the minutes. You know, like yeah. and. and how many scenarios you can actually put through your mind within a short period of time, you know, like within yeah. seconds. Mm. And I just thought I knew what was going to happen, but I didn't know, like, first scenario was what do I do? Do I just take him full on and ride him out, like grab him by the horse and ride him out? <laughs> you know, like, and that's what I was thinking straight away. Do I do that? And then all of a sudden I thought, no, you don't do that. <laughs> so, so I've sort of then decided the last moment to sort of wait, 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 and then, yeah, I dropped, and as I've dropped, I must have gone to balance myself as I've dropped, and my arm was in the air that was, was the hole of the gun, and, um, yeah, he's just sort of, boom, straight through into my arm, which was lucky because it would have been, oh, probably in inches away from my chest. He was going for my chest. I could see it in his eyes. I can just see everything unfolding. You know? Big bull? Yeah, real big bull, eh? Yeah. Um, I said he was about 800 kilos, but I reckon he was better. You know, I don't like to exaggerate things, but I reckon he was a lot bigger than that. They're big bulls. You know, yeah. Like, you know, buffalo are big animals. They're big, solid, short, squat, you know. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, the uh, horn ended up in the arm, which I was attached to him for a bit, and then he sort of, as he was running, he sort of flicked me, and I was sort of going in the air. But I would have landed probably three or four metres from where he, where he was, and... And then he sort of lost balance. So I think as I've as he's hit me, I've I had another load in the gun. I'm pretty sure. So you kept hold of the rifle. Yeah. You, oh, that's <laughs> when he no. As he's hit me, yeah. He's he's got me arm with the rifle, and I think I I think I've pulled the trigger and I've shot him through the neck. Yeah. Yeah. And then it's flung the rifle. Yeah. And um and I think that's put him off balance then, and he sort of then spun, and I'm looking back at him because I was backwards from him, and um. I could see he just spun on a dime and then he's come straight at me again. And I thought, oh, hang on, this isn't going to be good because he had his horn down at the ground right aiming for the middle of my back. So I sort of just waited and I just pushed myself to the middle of his head yeah, away from the tips. And, um, yeah, and then he just sort of smashed me in the ground and, and he just freakably lifted me with his nose and flew me in the air and I landed back on my feet. <laughs> and, um, and I was sort of running in the air and as I, was, as I was running I got about four or five metres away from him I just said to Brody my son I said shoot him and he just shot him with one bullet and dropped him on the spot but um, if Brody hadn't have been there I wouldn't be here talking today he would have killed me yeah. um, he wasn't He wasn't giving up that yeah. was, he just would have kept pummeling me into the ground until I was dead I would, I would, I would have said yeah 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 it, it it amazes me. I've had many people. I've even had I've even had a few people say, you know, with you know because they've they've either hunted black death over in in uh, South Africa, the Cape buffalo, and and uh, and I've had others, you know, try and 
obviously take the piss a bit about about oh those buffalo mate they don't they just stand there and you just shoot them you know it's like and I, I I've said to a number of them mate until you stare those the, those black eyes down and yeah. see them kicking their feet. I said, um, you know, I, I don't think you can give give them any chance. Mm. Uh, you yeah, know, we've been that... pretty close to both, and we, we we've never hunted Cape buffalo, but we've we've been around them and we've driven by them and stuff like that. Um, while we've been, been on hunting. foot within like fifty yards of them as well. Yeah, you know, um... while we're over in Africa, and I tell you what, I mean, the Cape buffalo might be they do look more angry. But that doesn't take away at all from what the water buffalo look like. <laughs> Once you start to hit close to that thousand kilo mark, I don't yeah. care what you are, man. If you're angry, it's gonna hurt. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Oh mate, but from the start this ball was mad. Yeah. You know, even when we first seen him, he sort of caught a glimpse of us. Yeah. And he was smashing the ground with his horns and like he was in a bit of like a little bit of a um muddy area yeah yeah and um he was just yeah he was mad from word dot i reckon he'd been hunted before or something had gone on with this particular bull before because i'd never seen a buffalo react like him yeah the way he did from the start well yeah. this is the thing he the screwed thing up that his people... bath time mate <laughs> yeah, yeah, like that. Yeah. yeah he was trying yeah. to get ready for the ladies yeah exactly yeah <laughs> um uh, it's something that people just don't um i suppose they don't think about when they're not hunters is that these animals, they're wild. They're, they're completely yeah. 100% unpredictable. You know? And feral. I mean, and so you, know. you, can never, you can never guarantee how they're going to react in a situation. You can never guarantee where they're going to be. You can never guarantee how you're going to find them or where you're going to come up on them or what their mood is yep. going to be like when you do. You know? And so I think that's, for, for us, that's probably one of the draw cards to hunting is yeah, that they are this close. complete unknown, yeah. you know. You can... You can hunt them for years and years and years and you can be chasing after these animals and you can learn all you want to learn about them. But that doesn't mean that when you get up to that one that one individual animal that it's going to act the way it should or the way that you think it's going to because it's a wild animal. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Every, everything's different. Like, yeah. like us, you know, we're all different. Yeah, exactly. And we all think differently. You know, we all have bad days and good days. You know, yeah. like I'm sure animals do the exact, exact same thing, you know, or they mm. eat something different it makes them a little bit more edgier than yeah. um, what they've eaten the day before you know like i'm sure that um feed affects them as well you know with, the, with their moods yeah. especially different foods that they eat sugarier foods or you know different grains and everything like that as well yeah mm. but yeah so it was a little bit i i do say i've done the wrong thing but in the at the time by following the animal up at the time i didn't think i was doing the wrong thing yeah and when you wound something the last thing you want to do is see something injured in, out in the bush, you know yeah. what I mean, not yeah. find it again. And that's another worry that's over your head. And I just don't like to do that. That's yeah, one thing I won't yeah, do. Yeah, me won't too, mate. I'm the same way. You so know, your, young, so your young fella actually dispatched it in the end. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. What was yeah. he does shooting? He, does he hold it over you now that he <laughs> saved your life? When, <laughs> no, my son's um, very. We're very close. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's like my best mate. Yeah, he, he always has been. We've always been very tight and very nitty. But um, he, yeah, he doesn't. No, he would never hold it over me. Yeah, he just, yeah. He doesn't even joke about it. You know, like, yeah. Oh, I bet. Oh, yeah. yeah. At the moment, yeah. I think he doesn't want it ever to happen again. Or yeah, I'm sure. Again, you know? Yeah, yeah. So, um, so, but Danny, what was the what was the process after? Like, what? How did you get out of there? Uh, well, we're in the middle of nowhere, obviously, and um, as so you are in Northern Territory, 
Yeah, yeah. No matter if ten goes at a time, Dan, you're in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. But um, yeah. Just just had to drive. Just got in the car. Um, got the car. I walked out to where the, they could get the car to me, and um, they drove. The, well, obviously had to go back and get the car, and then meet me there. And by that stage, I'd lost a lot, a lot of blood. Yeah. Um, I could feel myself going, like getting weaker, and um, I'm normally not that bad with all that sort of stuff. It doesn't sort of bother me, you know. I've, yeah, I've injured myself a lot over my life, so it doesn't sort of worry me. But I, the size of the hole that was in my arm, um, my son tourniqueted straight away, which just stopped the blood. Yeah. And, um, and then by the time then we had one of his mates up there as well, young Darcy, he was up there. He ripped his shirt off and tourniqueted as well. So it sort of it was. It was, un- it was. They looked after me, you know. Without yeah. them two boys, I would have, yeah, yeah. And you know, young Darcy sat at the back with me the whole way and held my arm up the whole way. I was coming, I was going in and out of, like, yeah, blacking out. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Um, I think it must have been loss of blood. I don't know, but I was falling in and out. And then yeah, it was about two hours because of the rough ride too. You know that country that you're in up there. Yep. You know you got you got an array of different. Um, you know, uh, what do I say? Terrain. Yeah, terrain, sorry, yeah. yes. So you're in rocky outcrops, you're going abroad, and then you're in, you know, so it takes a long time to even get out of where you start. Yeah. So it took us about two and a half hours to get back back into the hospital, and then, yeah, just all went from there. And, yeah, right. Um, did, from, you end up, time, did you end up getting the buffalo? Yeah, oh, the boys ended up going back out and, yeah, and getting it, yeah. Yeah. I Good told them to. I said, make sure they do. So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but, so they left me at the hospital, and, the, and from there, they, those nurses and those doctors, mate, I've never been looked after better in all my life. Oh, you know, that's bloody good to hear. Then in that Darwin hospital, they were just brilliant. Yeah. You know, brilliant. So yeah. how long and did it last. take? How long did it take for the social media storm to start and that attack? <laughs> oh, pretty much... Um, I don't even know, really remember how it got out that I was even in hospital at one stage. Someone must have put it that I knew put it on Facebook or something happened. Anyway, yeah, it didn't take long anyway. Yeah. And um, and then I just started copping it. I copped it from everywhere in the world, not just Australia. Yeah, I was yeah. From everyone, you know, yeah. like, and I didn't think that the people with that 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 were in that frame of mind that believed in what they believe in could actually be so nasty. Yeah, you know, it's amazing. Like, that was mate. my biggest. That was my biggest concern: is that how could these people that that promote what they do and are so loving and meant to be so loving and caring towards things be so hateful and nasty and you know and threat, threaten people. threaten a human life? Yeah, yeah, mm. you know, like that, that was a big concern for me. Mm. And then and then one day I um, would have been a couple of weeks into it, like I was still getting messages up to a couple of weeks ago. You know, like yeah, right. just random ones, you know. And, oh, wow. and then it was one day a lady contacted me and she said to me, um, you know, I don't condone what you do, um, but I see the way you that you live and it is your, you know, the way your business and everything like that. And, and, I, and the people that are sending you all these hate mails aren't really the people they, they say they are. You know, yeah. and I thought straight away, well, she's exactly right. They're not, she said, because I could never wish that upon you. And I've always practiced, I've always been a vegan all my life. And yeah. and, and and I don't 
I wouldn't wish that on you. She said, I hope you live a, a lovely, healthy life and, and yeah. I wish everything, but I hope everyone leaves you alone. And it was so lovely to hear that from yeah. someone yeah. that was genuine. You know what I mean? You get a lot of people that follow it. They're followers, I call them. Yeah, and the they keyboard warriors. Oh, my mates are vegan. Oh, well, I'm going to be a vegan. You yeah. know what I mean? Or oh, my mates that does this and my, not just saying that about vegans either. Yeah. Not, not just, I'm saying about everybody in general. Follow other people and do think that it's right when they don't research it themselves or or look into a, to other the way other people live, you know. I don't care what other people do. I, lo- I care about me, yeah. my family, and my mates and that what they do. If they're being idiots or they're doing something wrong, I pull them up straight away. But if they're living life and they're happy, hey, I'm, I'm happy for them. Yeah. 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 It goes back to what you said before, you know. If you, if you hate someone that much and you really disagree with what they do with their life, don't associate with them. Yeah, you know that is, that's your choice. It. Yeah, that's, it's completely yeah. you are one hundred percent free to make that choice. And it's something I really don't understand about the climate that we're in at the moment. And this goes not just for hunters, but in politics, in in you know religion, yep. in all of it, is that people just seem to have lost the ability to sit back and realize I don't like that person. So I'm not going to have anything to do with them. All of a sudden it becomes, no, they have to lose their job or they have to die. Yeah, or their they emotions have to... go so ridiculous. You yeah. know, it's and like to the extreme. This person's yeah. not allowed to voice their opinion mm. because I don't agree with it. And they should be silenced because of that. You know, yeah. I just, it blows my mind that people could think that because there's always yeah. going to be someone that disagrees with your opinion. And if we start applying that principle to everyone, Nobody's going to be allowed to speak other than talking about what the weather is. That's right. I love plants, <laughs> yeah. and they're and they're eating plants all the time, you know. So yeah, you know yeah, those yeah, plants, right. those plants are my friends, you yeah, know. Yeah. And you know, so may, maybe you know, maybe we should do something about those people who are killing all those plants, you know. Yeah. It, but uh, the funny thing is, uh, you look at all these activists and that, and and everything going on, or whatever. Not even just just not focusing so much on those particular people, but anyone that has a disagreement with what other people do in their life. And then you, you look at what they, you slowly look into their life a little bit. They're doing the exact same thing. Yeah, yeah exactly. You exactly. know, or, or they're, or they're doing something along those lines, but yeah. to them, to them, they're not doing wrong now. Oh, it's you're just doing wrong, but oh, oh yeah, but I'm allowed, oh yeah, I'm allowed to do that. Yeah. 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 Like, and you you, with, you without sin cast the first stone, mate. You know, yeah. if you're yeah. doing nothing yeah. wrong, then you know, let let me know how how that's going for you because I I can guarantee you there's something in your life that's not that flash. Oh, dad, you know? dad's exactly talked right. about this. Dad's talked about this a lot because he often travels over to to Melbourne um, for a week here and there for for the work that he does with his consulting. And and one of the things I think that frustrates him the most about going over there is because he's in the middle of the city. You see all of these delivery vans driving through the city at all hours of the day, delivering these little unique specialty foods for people, whether it's vegan or gluten-free or vegetarian or whether it's little cupcakes or coffee beans or whatever it happens Especially to be. Especially like you get up at seven in the morning yeah, and you're outside and, yeah, you know, like generally I'll go, like I'll have a little bit of a walk around the corner, I'll grab myself a coffee or something like that. There's a little... There's a there's about one place I've found in about in about a kilometre where you can actually get bacon and eggs, you know, and um, <laughs> and and so you, you you walk up there and there's these tiny little white vans and these white little white trucks as well that are just zipping around everywhere and these blokes are 
you know, dropping off, you know, uh, I don't know, pumpkin and flaxseed scones, you know, to this place, and and um, and some you know, muffins over here, muffins there, and and some croissants here, and all this kind of stuff. And it's like, and and it just rattles me that. Wait a minute, you guys are talking about efficiency. You're talking about, you know, um, well they'll they'll go to the cafe and they'll choose the vegetarian option, or they'll they'll or they'll get a paper straw instead of a plastic yeah. straw. And all of a sudden, they and think they're doing something. They, yeah. Yeah, they think they're doing something good for the world. But yeah. these these thousands of vans are there every morning, <laughs> pumping out gas. You know, yeah. delivering all yeah. these tiny little packages. Oh, you know, and to- not just that, but the ingredients for their food has come from some people in South America. That that used to be their staple food, and they now can't afford it because it because it's worth more to the companies to export it to Western countries yeah. where they can charge $6 for yeah. a muffin, you know, when they make it. They yeah. fly it here on planes and then it gets trucked around the country and then it gets anyway, put in a van. Anyway, obviously Jess has heard, heard me harp on about it a lot. So yeah, <laughs> it's um, a good point. Yeah, it does. It, it just gets up my nose. that, that the hypocrisy you know, we, of it. We, we're, we're willing to, as hunters, you know, most of us, you know, we, we, we do consume quite a bit of what, what we end up hunting. Um, and uh, for me, and certainly for for us as a family, I I actually love that. I love the fact that we've got a freezer full of food that we've actually gone and got ourselves. You know, yes. and um, oh, that sounded like and, you know one of the greenies ourselves. But it just is such. It's a more natural way of life. It's a more real way of life. That if we yes, we do understand that an animal's lost its life, and and while you know that that might be sad for that one individual animal. Actually, being a part of that, I think, brings me at least some kind of satisfaction in knowing that I've had a hand in it. You know, knowing that I've yeah. seen the whole mm. process, I've seen exactly what's happened with it all. Yeah. Just being able to have I a had, hand in that reality. I yeah. had an argument with a with a young fella. Um, I don't know where he was from. He must have been, I don't know. I think it was Brazil or somewhere like that. On on one of these, he was up me about this anyway about this stuff. But um, and I said to him, I said, yeah, but. I said, what I do um, harvest, I do take home and I do eat it. And he said, yeah, but – and this guy ate meat and everything and everything like that, but I've done the wrong thing and called me everything under the sun. Mm-hmm. And he said, yes, but – and I said, well, you – I said, you obviously eat meat and rah, rah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I said, yeah, but my meat comes from the supermarket. <laughs> and I said to him, yeah, and I said, but your meat from the supermarket's got there through – it's been an abattoir or something. Yeah, but it's been bred and grown to be eaten. And I said, well, what's the difference, mate? I said, so you're telling me that animal in a feedlot has been grown, so it's lived one year. It's lived a, it's lived a year or two years old, the whole of its life to feed you. Yeah. But it's different. It's no good for me to go and harvest an animal that's lived in the bush in its natural environment, live peacefully, live in harmony, had no fences around it, hasn't been blockaded in, hasn't been fed what it needs to be fed, and it's lived for up to eight, you know, six to eight years. It's not yeah. right for me to harvest that animal on an, on when it's probably only got twelve months to live, where your animals only lived a life short period of time. Yeah. So what's the, and he couldn't understand what I was saying. I said, mate, I can't get through to you. I can't talk to you about this. I said because you're not seeing the big picture. Yeah. Just because it comes from Woolworths doesn't mean it's been grown as a T-bone steak, put in a bag, and give it to <laughs> in you. The, in the lab. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. Although exactly they are trying. Come from an animal walking around in a feedlot or something that's been bred for it. And and a lot of people, a lot of these people that were giving me a hard time, 
they were exactly on the same wavelength as this young fella that was talking to me. And I said, just don't get the picture. It's no use me talking to you anymore because you don't understand. Yeah, yeah. You know, I've put my time in. I'm out in the bush. I'm doing, I'm exercising. I'm taking a nice fresh air. I'm seeing beautiful parts of the world that, most people don't see, would never see it. That most people have never even stood on the ground that I've stood on where I've been walking, you know. Yeah. And and I'm seeing things that you would never see, you know. And you're meant to be loving the planet and doing all sort of thing. We love it more than you do because we're out there and we're managing everything. We're making <laughs> yeah. sure that there's going to be deer around forever. There's going to be animals around forever for us to be able to provide for our family, as well as if we wanted to take a trophy animal. We'll take a trophy animal, but yeah. it's an animal that's lived its days out. It has, it's not on, it's on its, it's becoming to its last ends. Yeah. 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 Were you ever worried with the threats that you were getting and things like that? Were you ever worried that someone was going to do something serious? I mean, we've had, yeah. we've had some farm rate, farm attacks and things like that lately here in Australia in the news. So were you ever concerned Even that... Even with the it, election, we've had some idiot burn a, burn a yeah, car down yeah, here yeah. yesterday, you know, Crazy. just... That they Molotov cocktailed a car, you know. I'm not sure it was a Molotov oh, cocktail. Well, but... <laughs> whatever it was, they they burnt they burnt <laughs> this. <laughs> we just turned into the streets of Afghanistan in yeah. Dad's mind. <laughs> well, you know, it's pretty, it's pretty bloody serious that um, you know, they, getting... just because it's got a Pauline Hanson sign on it. No, I don't yeah. support Pauline Hanson, but at the end of the day. You know, um, you look at light a car you know, on that, fire. That to me is just outrageous that we have oh, people that are willing to take things to that level. And they do, and there's a lot of people that take things to extreme levels that you know you wouldn't even think of doing yourself. And you think, how do you get those thought patterns in your mind, mate? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Or whoever it doesn't have to be male, female, child, whoever. They, yeah. There's some people that just have that way inclined that they just don't think before they do. Well, where, where, I mean, Danny, to me, where's the respect gone? Like when I was a kid. You know, if you if you damage something even in the street, mate, you get a kick in the pants from a random. Oh, you know, flogged. Yeah. yeah, and and whether it was like, from you or from the neighbour, it didn't matter. Yeah, exactly. And, yeah. and these days, you know, we we got people running around that just think that they have the right to go and damage, you know, and potentially hurt people. I mean, mm. that that thing, you know, imagine you know, anything could have happened. That car was on fire and it was yeah. basically exploding in a yeah. shopping centre. You know. Well, there could have been someone asleep in the car, you know, oh, or yeah. tired, laid down, anything like that. No one would know. But, yeah, no, people just do things before thinking, I think. Yeah. Just, yeah. It's just, I don't know. I don't know. I can't, I can't explain it. But, yeah. yeah, back to what you were asking me, I did have thoughts like that in my mind that maybe um, something would happen of it, you know, because there was a lot of hate from mail and there's a lot, a lot of death threats. Yeah. yeah. Um, but more concerned about, Probably my son, my partner, you know yeah, what I mean, yeah. and and things like that more than me, you know what I mean. Like you, you don't really care too much about yourself. You more care about other people around you than than um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Than what happens to you, you know what I mean. Like I created the the situation. I had to then deal with it, but I think it was dealt with on a, the other way a little bit too far. But yeah, you know, everybody has did their you own did you have to get the police involved at all in any of that or? Were no, they, did they speak to it. you about it or anything like that? Um, no, they didn't actually speak to me about it. I never heard anything from the police about it, but yeah. um, I didn't want to get anything involved yeah. because I knew it was the situation that I could either get rid of or, yeah. you know, but I just wanted 
I wanted the, the people to understand a little bit yeah. more. I, I remember that. myself, mate, when I, when and I remember talking to the kids and my wife about it when you were going through this, and I was just. I was appalled, mate. I was absolutely appalled at some of the comments and some of the things that people were saying, and and um, you know, uh, I, you know, it, it's almost like you feel helpless. You know that these people can make these kinds of threats, threats against your own life, and um, and or the life of your family, and and it's like, well, what do we do now? Mm. You know, we, and. Uh, and at the same time, I mean, the defense in me sitting there thinking, you know, well, you know, I, yeah, 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 we're on a podcast. You've got to be a little bit careful, but, but I've got a long, I've got a long driveway. So, you know, um, yeah. make sure you know, you, you, you let me know you're coming because, uh, yeah, that's you know, exactly, yeah. not sure they're going to come off better off. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I've, but, I've, I've had it. I've never, never copped anything really serious, but you know, we've had the odd, Auntie jump on one of our profiles and comment on our pictures and I remember having one wish death upon my five-year-old son and it made me feel like throwing up like it made me feel sick you know just reading that someone could say that about a child it was it just blew my mind you know and and at that point I honestly I I don't know how you guys got through what you did because that just that one comment you know made me feel ill and I just blocked the person and and went on with our day and stuff like that did you did you ever consider changing what you were doing because of the reaction that you got? No, I didn't. I never thought about ever changing as in me going hunting or taxidermy yep. or anything like that. Never thought about that, but I was very surprised. Yeah. Like, I didn't think that people, that those type of people were out there. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, I, I just didn't, because I don't, when you sort of tend to hand in your, hang in your groups anyway to people that you know and that you're more familiar with. And that have the same thought pattern as you, like you guys, you know what I mean? Like yeah. we've never met in person, but we have the same thought pattern. So we, we tend to get along, you know, like we can talk on the phone and have a conversation and, and it just flow, you know. And I've never sort of been with that other group of people. So yeah. I didn't know, you know what I mean, until that time. And I thought, geez, I did not ever thought, I never thought to myself that there would be somebody out there with such hate in their mind you know what i mean or mm. that would they would wish things like that upon anybody you know like i couldn't do it you know if i I've, there's people out there that I, I dislike i hate them i can't you know and i don't like them but you know what if they said hello to me i'd say hello back yeah because I, you know and i just can't not do that you know what i mean and i don't like things that they've done but i can't hate someone that much to wish wish them harm you know yeah. what i mean or, or or harm to anybody else or or wish them to lose their job or or them to be bankrupt or, you know what I mean? I just don't have that much hatred in me and I, I can't believe that there is people out there that do, you know, yeah. and then they they, they 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 praise themselves up to be someone who they think is better than everybody else. Yeah. yeah. You know? Yeah, this is this is one thing I've, sure. one thing I've never understood is that they, they place human emotions on animals and so they think that animals should be treated like humans and then they treat humans worse than animals. Yeah. I mean, I don't yeah. understand how you know you can simultaneously take the emotions from the people, put them on the animals, and then treat the people worse than you treated the animals to begin with. Yeah. At I the end of the day, we're put on earth here. We're given such beautiful creatures to do, to eat. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. To survive. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? And also to look at and and being amazed by by the way they are and the beauty that they have. 
and now that's trying to be taken away from us by, by a majority of people that don't believe in that. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? And that wouldn't survive if you threw them out in the bush because they wouldn't know how to. You know what I mean? Or if they didn't, if they had to live on leaves, what are they going to do? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, good I luck think, getting your vegetable crop going in time for you to survive. Yeah, you know, like it's it's a it's a um yeah, and and even children these days, I don't think half of them know where anything comes from. You yeah, know what I, I mean? Like, I think that they all think that chooks, then there's no chooks to lay eggs or anything like that. Like I, I think it, there's no nothing there that I have no idea. The skills are sit in front of the TV and watch TV mm. or 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 the phone or. Whatever, you know yeah. what I mean? Computer. Computer games, yeah. Yeah, you know, get out there and get your kids out there and let them enjoy it. They'll, they enjoy it more out there, you know. Like I have kids that I know that their parents don't go hunting and they don't go camping and they don't do this, they don't go to the park even, you know, or fishing or anything like that. And I've been with the kids and they've been at my place and they just absolutely love it. You wouldn't even get them inside, you know what I mean? You, yeah. you play, get outside and kick the footy around with them, you know what I mean, or, or play throw the tennis ball or get the dog and throw the ball around for it and they'll be there for hours. They wouldn't even think about going inside. Yeah. You know? yeah. You know? it's, everybody has that nature in them that they do love it, but they just haven't been given the opportunity to do it. You know? yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's true. I've never seen a kid more in their element than when they're outside, you know, just having oh, fun and being covered in mud and yeah. Yeah, grass <laughs> yeah. and yeah. Yeah. Love it. It's very true. So just a, a last thing, Danny, with all with all that being said, the antis, the the buffalo charge, you know, you've probably be, been, um, you know, gored twice, once by the buffalo and once by the antis. Um, but um, it's good to see that you've come out of both, mate, to be honest, at, yeah. at the end of it all. And, and uh, mate, uh, more power to you. I, th- I think you've you've kept uh, certainly a great outlook and, um, you know, and uh, certainly glad that, um, that you're healing and, and you're you're getting better and everything else, and and I'll I'll be looking forward to seeing um you drop another buffalo sometime in the future, obviously. But um, if there's anything you reckon you could do do differently about the whole experience or the whole, what would it be? Would it be just be the bullet? Change the bullet? I probably would have. That would probably be it because everything else, everything else goes as normal. You know what I mean? Like, it's the way the way you always do it, it's the way it's always been done, and and it just you know you can change a few things in, your, in time. But I, I would probably change that. That'd be me. Yeah, go with something that I knew, you yeah. know, and that I'd use, and don't try and test trial something that you haven't already used. You know, yeah. already talked about or researched so much yeah that's a good point you know because in hunting in general you know we and we've made this mistake ourselves not necessarily with a bullet or a buffalo but um we were a lot luckier (laughs) but we've made the mistake of of taking out a new rig you know a scope and a rifle putting it on a couple of months before before a big international hunt and then heading out and and we'd done we'd done the testing we'd started it in we'd done all of that but we hadn't spent as much time as we normally would have um and and it you know, that created problems for us once we got over there yeah. and, and started our hunt. And so we've always said that as, as a piece of advice, I think, for hunters is test and test and test and test and test your rifle, test mm. your optics, test and your bullets, you know. Don't take something brand new. Yeah, because yeah. there's so I've many different it. situations that can turn up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You yeah, know, and you got to learn by your mistakes. Yeah, exactly. But overall, I wouldn't have changed anything. And what happened to me? it doesn't bother me because I put myself in that predicament yeah. and I do it 
and that's how it is. I wouldn't change, and I don't. I wouldn't change anything, and I I will learn from what mistakes I've made. Yeah. You know, unless yeah. you make the mistake, you'll never learn. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And so, you got a bloody ripper story to tell anyway, mate. So. Yeah, a bloody ripper scar to go with it. <laughs> hey. oh, um, good stuff. Yeah, no, other than that, it's all good and everything's, yeah, I just, yeah, I'm glad I'm still here. That's that's my main yeah. thing. I'm glad I'm still alive to, tell, to, to sit here and talk about it yeah. and enjoy what we've got here, you know? Absolutely, mate. Well, on that note, Danny, we're gonna we're gonna say thanks, mate, and it's been an absolute bloody pleasure to talk to you, mate, and um, and I really hope that sometime in the near future we get a chance to catch up and um, and probably have a, have a few, yeah a few discussions yeah. over a beer and stuff and and uh, but um, thank you very much for for coming on I Am Hunter podcast and um, I hope that um, we haven't been uh, you know haven't drilled you too much. <laughs> No, thank you guys um, very much. And it flows, you know, when you're talking about something you love, you, you don't need, it just flows off the tongue, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah so, so what you guys are doing is, is great too because it's giving people awareness of what's going on and, and 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 other hunters love listening to what other hunters have to say anyway, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah for sure. Yeah, it's all about that story, isn't it? Yeah, that yeah. story, yeah. And being in touch too, you know. Yeah. Yeah. All right, well, Danny, we'll include um, we'll include links for our listeners too um, to where they can find out about you, your taxidermy and your guiding and stuff like that as well. Um, thank you guys for listening. This is the I Am Hunter podcast. Thank you very much. Take care. Thanks, Cheers, Danny. Danny. Bye. Okay, bye.